everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Moms and Some Labels. Two Moms and Some Labels is a platform for parents and caregivers caring for a child with a disability to come together in a shared space, to network, commune, and to just share and gain ideas on how to persevere through challenging times. My name is Brittany, and I am your host for today. And today we have a very important topic that we are going to be discussing. I mean, I hear about this all the time from parents, especially parents that have children with autism. Um, You know, it's just a very talked about topic. And that topic is the potty. (laughs) So we are going to dive into everything about toilet training on this episode and answer your burning questions on how to get your child toilet trained. And, um, you know, just give you some ideas and things like that to to try to help a little bit. Um, But I have a special guest with me and she has years of experience. She has a business about toilet training. I mean, isn't that awesome? I have never heard of any business about toilet training here. I mean, so I'm just so excited to hear what she has to say. So Megan, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you and your business? Yes, sure. Thank you so much for having me today, Brittany. It's I've been really excited to share this information with families because as you said, I have never seen anyone have a toilet training business either. So that is basically the main reason why I started this. I am from Perth, Western Australia, and this is a really lacking area of support for families in Australia anyway. It sounds like it may be similar in America with you guys. Um, So a little bit about me. I'll backtrack a little bit. So I studied um, my Bachelor of Psychology, graduated in 2016 at Curtin University here in Perth. Um, While I was studying, I applied for a job at a behavioral therapy company. I worked for them for pretty much full time for the four years that I was studying. I then wanted to venture out and started my own company where I worked with um, a small group of families, supporting them in any area that they needed, but I incorporated more naturalistic teaching styles. I really, really enjoyed that did that for about seven years, but what kept coming up was toilet training. So there is little to no support in Australia for families wanting to toilet train their children. And at the time I was really, really busy, had a full caseload. And I thought, how can I get this information out to more families where it won't cost a fortune? You won't have a six month to one year waiting list. You can start when you're ready to start, not when the waiting list you're at the bottom of a waiting list. Um, So I decided to create an online course with everything that I know about toilet training and I've priced it so that it's accessible to most families. At the time, we didn't have funding in Australia for families with children with disabilities. Now we do, so it's made the course even more accessible. Um, but yes, basically the only options that people have is to sign up to a company that's quite expensive with a long waiting list. They might not have the money. They might not have the time. So I've made an online course to make it nice and easy for parents. I would really love to change the fact that toilet training is so, um, what's the word? Daunting for families. (laughs) I love toilet training. I find it so much fun, 
mainly because it's such a huge achievement when you can get it done. It means you can save lots of money on nappies too. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is basically a bit of my background story and why I do toilet training. I really want to help families and let them know that it doesn't have to be so hard if you have the right support. Yeah. So, um, you know, with your background in um, behavioral therapy, when you, you were working like in a clinic or like, how does that work there when you were studying that? Yeah. So we actually do home-based therapy. So a lot of children with autism are a lot more comfortable within the home environment. It also means that we could help in a much more effective way. Um, a lot of places are centre-based, but that way you only see the child. You don't see the family dynamic. You don't see the environment that the child is in. Um, and the child isn't always so comfortable. So it was home-based therapy, but it was with a clinic, yes. So was the therapy for potty training or behaviour and you just had a lot of children that they were having, you know, a lot of issues with learning how to, you know, go to the the, the bathroom on their own yeah it was actually both um but what was happening was the toilet training was kind of put on the back burner because of everything else that was more um yeah at the forefront mm-hmm. and then yeah when they go hit school age and they're not potty trained the schooling system here if you're in a mainstream classroom you can't um the teachers can't legally help with toileting issues um unless they go to a special support center which at the time there weren't many now there's a lot more mm-hmm. um yeah so it was it was doing both but toileting is so extensive and you almost need one to one consistent support which i wasn't able to offer um so that's why i've decided to just specialize in toilet training so that i'm able to help you consistently so that we're able to achieve toilet training together Wow. Yeah. Um, and so what exactly is toilet training? Yes. So toilet training is basically teaching a child. It's a social behavior. So it doesn't come naturally to children. Children don't look at a toilet and go, oh, I'm going to wee and poo in that. Often they're quite scared of it. They are weird looking things. Um, so toilet training is when you want your child to stop using nappies throughout the day and night and you want them to use the toilet, but you have to teach them to use the toilet. Okay. And so a lot of the kids that you were working with previously before you, you know, specifically got into toilet training, were they children with disabilities or typical children or a mixture of, you know, all types of children with abilities or disabilities? Um, It is mainly children with autism. Um, all over the autism spectrum. So I've worked with children from about 18 months of age all the way through to 15 or 16 years old. Last year, I actually toilet trained a 15-year-old boy. So that was really amazing for them, 15 years of changing nappies. I don't even think I can fathom what that's like. Um, And that was that was amazing for him. He gained his like dignity back almost and independence. And he was a whole new man. Honestly, he was just awesome. And um, so there's no age limit. I can work with any age child, but it he wasn't necessarily on the autism spectrum 
um, but he had many diagnoses, more like global developmental delay, um, things like that. They couldn't quite pinpoint. So I've worked with children with Down syndrome, global developmental delay, just speech delay, high amounts of anxiety, um, ADHD, anything and everything, basically. Wow. And so when the parents are bringing their children to, well, is your course solely online or do you do, you do online and like a mixture of both in person and online, depending on the situation? Yes. So basically what I say to families is if you haven't started toilet training at all, purchase my course that basically lets you know where to start exactly how to implement it i have free downloads i've got visual schedules all the information you could possibly need to toilet train your child is in the course if you do the course and you implement it with your child but you're having a few issues or you hit a few um brick walls along the way i also offer online consultations um to help you like navigate the way through that because it all children with autism are completely different all children with disabilities are completely different. They, they're not all the same. So the course is the basic um, foundation of what you need to know. But obviously, I'm fully aware that along the road, you might hit a brick wall that is not discussed in the course or that you don't know how to um, troubleshoot. And that's when you can contact me and I can help. So with the toilet training uh, course, is it something where you, you know, you have to take the kids out of school, like they'd have to miss schooling or is it something that parents usually do like after school? Um, how does that work since, you know, going to the potty is an all day thing? How yes, that it is. So how family? I recommend um, families do it is you set a chunk of time and generally the school holidays is the best time to do this. Um, with my course, you can actually toilet train your child within a two week period. So when I have people contact me saying they've been trying three years to potty train their child, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not how it should be. That's not the norm for me anyway. I don't accept that. <laughs> um, but it is an intensive toilet training course. So that means that you basically stay home for the full two-week period. Near the end of the two-week period, um, you start to fade out the home toilet only and you need to generalise and go out into the community. So it's also teaching children, yes, they can use the home toilet, but they also need to know when I go to the shopping centre and I need to wee, there's a toilet there and I need to do the same thing that can be quite tricky for children with autism. So the course is a two-week period where you stay home and I do recommend, I recommend doing it in the school holidays unless you feel like if it's the last week of the semester or the term and the kids are just doing arts and crafts and you want to start a week earlier and they're not missing too much school, then do that. But also, yeah, I guess if they're missing school to potty train, I mean, this is a life skill that they'll learn forever. So it can, schoolwork can always be caught up on, I guess. Yeah. And so especially, you know, working with children that have autism, um, how are they, do you have more receptive, are they more receptive to you when you come in and work with them? If you have to work with them in person or do you see more of, you know, the parents, um, you know, they need their parents to be the ones to assist them with it and be able to, you know, get through the toilet training process. Yeah. So I, 
I can go in and help. So if you are Perth-based, I can come and help. I will only do so in a really um, specific kind of situation because I believe that children, the children are always with their parents. I'm not always there. So I'm there to empower parents to feel confident and to have the tools that they need to be able to achieve this themselves. Um, A lot of families would love a therapist to come in and just toilet train their child. But what happens is your child is with you all the time, not your therapists. And a lot of children with autism, they can actually do things for their therapists that they won't do for Mm -hmm. their parents. So it's about empowering the parents and teaching parents how they're able to implement this themselves. Um, and they're the main support network for their child. Like they're the ones, because it's potty training, it's it's still private. It's yeah. like, you know, and to have lots of therapists coming in and encroach on your privacy is not a nice feeling either. So I really do believe that if parents are able to do this themselves with the right support, um, that is the best outcome for them and their child. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, um, because, you know, you have to be with your child 24-7, you know, until however long, you know, I'm sure until they're past 18 years of age, you know, you still might have to have your child living with you. So definitely, you know, being able to implement that and feel comfortable and confident and helping and teaching your child and them learning from you, I think that is the best way to go about, you know, teaching and implementing something for your children, especially those with, um, you know, autism or any other type of disability. And so I know I had a question about the age thing, because I'm not sure how it is in Australia, but um, here in America, you know, it's like, you have to be three years old. When you're three years old, you have to be potty trained, or, you know, you can't move on to the next you know, class, VPK class, the kindergarten class. So is it like that in Australia too? They have to be three? Yes. So in Australia, um, they won't move you on. So we've got kindergarten, pre-primary, year one, year two. That's kind of how it goes. Kindergarten is part-time schooling. So they're happy to help you with potty training issues then. But when you hit pre-primary, they expect you to be toilet trained. However, the age for pre-primary, I believe, is the child is aged four turning five Mm -hmm. um, for pre-primary. So for kindergarten, they're about three. Um, Yeah, obviously, with children with autism, they aren't always cognitively where a neurotypical three-year-old is at. So that I don't really put ages on it. The best thing that I, I have a checklist on my Instagram account to help families figure out whether their child's ready to actually start potty training. When you put an age on it, that puts so much pressure on yourself. It puts so much pressure on your child, especially if they're not ready. Your child, there is a couple of steps that your child has to be showing for you to know that they're ready to start the toilet training process. There's no point in starting before this because it will just result in a lot of stress and it will result in probably a lot of negative behaviours that you'll then have to weed out later on, like children becoming very anxious because they're being forced to do something that they're not ready to start doing. That's really what I try and avoid. Um, But, yes, Generally in Australia, the the classic age is like two and a half to three when a lot of families start toilet training. Um, But like I said, please don't look at the age. You have to look at the signs to know if your child is ready. They might be 10 and show the signs. They might be five and show the signs. 
in general, over the last 10 years of me doing this, I would say the ages between four and five have been like a really good age. This is when the children, their gross motor skills are um, really good so they can get on and off the toilet. They can undo buttons and zips and pull their pants down, pull their pants up, all these things that you maybe don't think are related to toilet training. Um, And their cognitive abilities are a lot more advanced. So they're able to understand the concept of going to the toilet and why we need to do it and keeping clean and things like that. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like I've never even thought about it that way. And I think, you know, that schools and early learning centers should definitely have this checklist and go by that because it, it just makes so much sense. Like if a child is not ready and, you know, not putting an age on it, then it's going to be more difficult. And then, you know, that's when you have the parents and the teachers getting frustrated also because they're basically trying to like force the child into potty training and they're not really ready and they don't have those fine motor skills that they really need to be able to, you know, access the bathroom. And so that's when, you know, Mm -hmm. like make sure you put some, um, you know, pants on your child that they can easily pull up and down. They have to put all these, these guidelines on the clothing that your child needs to wear to school and things like that. So it's easier for them to access um, the potty. So that makes so much sense for them to be, you know, more developed in those cognitive and fine motor skills to be able to accomplish going to the potty and knowing when they're ready. I mean, I never even thought of it that way. That is amazing. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And so many parents are like, oh, they're two and a half and they don't want to toilet train. And I'm like, that's okay. It's fine. That There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, it's just this, yeah, societal or school pressure to have your child at a certain stage, at a certain age. And it's like, no, because no child is the same. Every child is completely different. And yeah, they're all in a completely different basket. We have to meet the children where they're at for it to be successful. If you're trying to force something that they're not ready for, it's not going to be successful. And from experience, a lot of the time it results in the children being terrified of the toilet and they won't even approach it. So I always say to families, please don't do that. It really is a massive, massive mistake if you try and force your child to do something they're just not ready to do yet, like anyone. Yeah, man, that's, that is amazing information. And so um, also too, I know like I have heard parents um, say, you know, like, oh my gosh, my child is pulling off their diaper or, you know, um, they don't want to keep a diaper on. So does, is that a sign that they are ready to go to the bathroom if they are yes. taking off their diaper? Yes. So I love that sign. That's one of my favorite ones because I'm like, good, they're uncomfortable in a nappy or I say nappy, maybe diaper yeah. <laughs> for your audience. But um, so that is one of the best signs because that means that it's already using the toilet is already naturally reinforcing because they don't have to sit in their own mess. And that mess is making them feel uncomfortable. So what they will realize when I go into the toilet, I can just flush it and it's gone and it's not attached to me and it doesn't make me feel all gross and yucky. Um, So that's a really good sign. Yep. Oh my gosh. Cool. Okay. Because (laughs) I know too, I'm one of those parents that's like, Oh, if you're taking off your diaper, that means you're ready to go. And so I have a, you know, a typical 17 month old 
and he takes his diaper off all the time. Like it, as soon as he wakes up in the morning and it's like a heavy diaper, he's taking the diaper off. I'm like, and pulling his pants down. I'm like, that means you're ready to go to the bathroom by yourself. Yeah, exactly. And this. it works the other way too. If your child's younger and they're showing these signs, go for it. <laughs> you know, there's no, yeah, you don't have to wait till three. It's, it's all about the signs that they're showing. So yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, I don't know if there is like a concrete answer um, about why it's so difficult for parents to have children with disabilities to be able to, um, you know, toilet train their children faster or at the, you know, global age that um, the the early learning centers feel like um, children should be able to go to the bathroom by is, you know, is there like a, a reason have you, you know, seen a lot of, um, with your clients, you know, things that maybe you think are causes of, you know, them not wanting to go to the bathroom at, by a certain age, or, you know, is it just that they're just not ready? Yeah, I think, look, there's, um, there's no like one answer, but basically mm -hmm. what I found is obviously um, from my experience working with children with autism, they struggle with communication. That's one of their biggest um, like difficulties. Mm -hmm. So they can't, a lot of them are nonverbal or they are verbal, but they only say certain phrases or they might be verbal, but it's actually echolalia. So there's no real um, purpose behind the language that they're saying to someone else, to them. It feels great. It's a release for them. It's their natural stimulatory behavior that makes them feel better. Um, but for me, it's mainly communication. They can't say when they need to go to the toilet. They can't say if a nappy's uncomfortable. They can't ask why other children are using toilets. Um, a lot of them anyway. Obviously, every child is different, but I think that communication is one of the biggest hurdles. Another thing that I find as well is that children with autism, they don't seem to be naturally motivated to want to use the toilet. They're kind of like, well, why would I use the toilet when I have a nappy and someone changes that for me all the time? It doesn't make sense to them because like I've mentioned before, it's using a toilet is a total social behavior. It's something that society has implemented um, for, for hygiene reasons and things like that. It's not a natural intrinsic thing for a person to look at a toilet and go, oh, I must use that. Mm. So I find that the motivation about going to the toilet is not there. They often like going into toilets because they echo and the scream that they do sounds really cool in the toilet or they like to flush the toilet a hundred times because it looks really cool or they like to put interesting things into a toilet bowl, yeah. which I'm pretty sure all children do. <laughs> um, so the, they're not actually in there because they are motivated to yeah. do their wheeze or poos in the toilet. Um and another big thing is like the sensory side to the toilet. A mm. lot of children, toilets are loud and echoey. Um, they have hand dryers, which are extremely loud, that go on at unpredicted times that, that they don't know when someone finishes the toilet, they wash their hands and then they use the hand dryer. That has been a big thing for a lot of my clients is actually the noise level in a toilet mm -hmm. is really difficult for them to adjust to. Um so, and then they develop fears around the toilet as well. So they often, you know, they 
you see them gripping onto the toilet seat like they're going to fall down into yeah. this tunnel and they're just going to, you know, disappear into the unknown. Um, so these sorts of things I find are a lot more common in children with autism or developmental delay or Down syndrome than what it is in children, neurotypical children. Um, so I think those are the biggest things. And that's why I always say to parents of a child with a disability, any disability, Get advice and support first before you try because it will make your life 10 times easier and it will make it a lot easier for your child as well because they're looking through toileting through a totally different lens to what yeah. we are. Um, and then the other thing that I find as well is I get a lot of feedback from daycare centres and things like that that say, oh, well, all the children just learn to potty train because they just copy their friends. So they, they're going into the toilet and showing interest because their friends are in the toilet and they just copy and they're just able to do it. Um, children with autism don't always have that ability to watch what somebody else is doing and then repeat it in the same way. Um, like I said, they a lot of them do like the toilet, but for the wrong reasons, not for toileting reasons. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, yeah, that, those, all of those, the so communication, motivation around the toilet, the fear, the sensory sides, there's the, oh, there's so many aspects to yeah. take into consideration. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. I would have to agree with you on all those things. And so um, what are some like reinforcements that parents can use to help their child um, want to use the bathroom um, or even, you know, like tell them they need to go? Um, what what are some like positive reinforcements that parents can use or that you yes. have seen that have worked? Well, so basically anything that makes your child tick. So I get a lot of parents um, and I find this a lot of the time as well. They go to the shop and they buy a toy for a three-year-old and they think, oh, my child's going to love this toy. They don't actually love that toy. They like the box that the toy came in more or they like the sensory side to the like blankets. They don't like the blanket that much. They like the actual tag on the blanket more than the blanket because the tag is silky and it's soft and they're playing with that. So I always say to parents and in my course, I go through this as well. How to identify what's motivating for your child that there's different levels of reinforcers. So some things are really, really motivating, generally like screens, like iPad, TV, those sorts of things. And then things that are sort of motivating, like maybe little toys or cause and effect toys are always really good for children with autism. When I do this, this happens. They love that. Um, but I always say find what motivates your child. And you can even incorporate a lot of children with autism tend to have an obsession. So if your child loves trains, decorate your toilet with trains, get your child's favorite, you know, train and stick it on the wall, make them want to be in that room, make the toilet fun. Um, what, I, what I always say to parents is you've got to think your child's going from the TV or their toy room playing with their favorite things to going to an empty boring toilet with absolutely nothing exciting in it for them unless of course they love the actual toilet themselves but a lot of the time you've got to make it motivating for them and use what specifically motivates your child so I had one boy he loved all the ferries that we have in Perth so we have a ferry that goes from North Perth to South Perth and they all have different names so we made a magazine 
of all the Perth fairies with all the different names and how they were made. And that magazine he could only access when he was practicing his toilet sitting times. So I don't care how weird and wonderful it has to be. If you, if they love Sesame Street, stick all the Sesame Street characters all over the toilet on the back of the door, anything that you have to do to make that space really motivating and comfortable for them to be in. You want them to feel happy and relaxed because if they're not happy and relaxed, they are not going to eliminate. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, like parents, you, we have to get really creative for yes. our children, um, especially those with disabilities. Um, so yeah, that, that's a really great idea um, to do that. And, um, you know, talking about relaxing, getting them to relax and because if they're not relaxed, they're not going to be able to um, eliminate. Uh, do you know, like, why a lot of kids, they are scared to go, you know, number two on the potty? I feel like, you know, it comes easily going, you know, pee in the potty. But when it comes to going, you know, stool in the potty, that's where I hear a lot of parents having more difficulty. Yes, exactly. So it's it's a really strange phenomenon. It's very common. I actually recently helped a boy with that exact issue. Um, he was neurotypical, but he was going to school and he had so much anxiety around doing his number twos in the toilet that he was holding it in. And I mean, he could hold this in for days oh and God. eat a normal amount. He was holding it in and holding it in and holding it in. And after going to every specialist under the sun, again, waiting really long wait lists, um, no one was able to help them. There was nothing wrong in terms of his ability to eliminate. He was just so anxious about it that he just held it in. Um, I'm actually going to be making a separate course for this section because what I find is not all children do this. So some children do the... Um, original toilet training course that I've got and they automatically just do the poos as well other children don't and they will just do wheeze and mm -hmm. if that is one of your if that is a case for anyone then I will be making another course I've actually made up a whole protocol myself um what I find is that obviously we is a liquid and poo is a solid so when you poo, it feels completely different to when you wee. Pooing involves cramping. It's uncomfortable. It, um, a lot of the time the toilet sitting position isn't correct. I do have a post on that. If any of your viewers are struggling with that at the moment, make sure that the seating position is um, appropriate for your child so that it makes it a lot easier for them to get it out. The other thing as well is that I find a lot of potty training um, courses don't teach the child to sit on the toilet long enough they all just want to go in do their wee run out but your child needs to be accustomed to actually sitting on the toilet long enough because to do a poo it takes a lot longer than it does to do a wee so your motivation has to be a lot higher um, the toileting position is very very important whereas with wees it's not that important boys can either sit or stand if they want to whatever but with the pooing they have to sit I recommend that the knees are higher than the hips um, this makes the bowel elimination a lot easier for them, things like that. And in terms of dealing with anxiety, um, you really have to talk about what poo is. Children don't know. 
They don't understand the digestive system. They don't know that when I eat the food, my body absorbs all the nutrients from the food that it needs and then the wastage my body has to throw out and it's basically the trash, you know, and you have to help your body get rid of the trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and often making this connection, you just see the light bulb go off for a lot of the kids because they're like, oh, that's what it is. Now I get it. Whereas if you're just saying do a poo, do a poo, do a poo, right. they don't know how. They don't know how it feels. You have to re- link it to their body and what is happening. Like if your tummy's feeling crampy or it's sore, that means you might be ready to do a poo. Okay, what is the poo? Why do I need to poo? You know, things like that. Wow. Yeah, that is, I mean, oh man, this is a lot of good information and just like putting all the pieces together from what you have said, like it all, it makes so much sense on, you know, why there are some difficulties and these difficulties that parents may be experiencing, how there are solutions to it. And there, you know, there, there can be solutions to get them to be able to go to the potty. And like how you have the 15 year old, you may not have to be, you know, going this long with your child, not being able to go to the, you know, the toilet on their own. Um, if you just take the time and think about all these things that come along with going to the toilet and, you know, their cognitive, you know, developmental needs also that take a part in them being able to understand, you know, what they need. It's like, you know, you have a tool bag and these are all the tools that they need to be able to go to the bathroom. And it it just makes so much sense. Um, okay. So, um, the, your courses are, um, online. And so how long are the sessions usually, or, or is it just dependent, dependent upon, you know, each child and, you know, where they are in the toilet training process, as far as how long their sessions would take? Yep. So, um, my course that I have online at the moment, it, it's actually only roughly about an hour or an hour and a half to complete. This is, I recommend that the parents do the course at the end of each section. I've put in a little quiz just to make sure that you've understood the main parts of that section. And mm-hmm. then I recommend that the parents in the course, I recommend that they set aside a two week period where you fully commit. And that's very, very important. You cancel all kinds of out outdoor appointments, any therapies or anything like that. If your therapies come to the home environment, involve them. If you have support workers, involve them. Everybody has to be on the same page and it has to be consistent in that two-week block. It's very intensive, um, but it's really black and white and it's the same thing every day and it's repetition and it allows the child to grasp what is going on rather than doing three hours on a Saturday and then maybe two hours on a Wednesday and then maybe four hours the next Sunday. You're doing it every single day, every hour until your child is able to self-initiate. I guess what makes my course a little bit different is that I teach you how to teach your child to take themselves. So that means you aren't prompting them constantly. You aren't asking them every hour if they need to go or not. They know when they need to go by the end of um, the course. So I get a lot of children that are prompt bound. So parents say to me, you know, they'll wee when I ask them to wee, but if I forget, then they'll have an accident. Mm -hmm. That's not toilet trained to me. 
Um, they know that they can use the toilet, but they don't know when and they can't do it on their own. They're relying on somebody else to help them to go. Um, and in general, most children are toilet trained within the two-week period. Um, but again, like we've mentioned before, pooing can be a separate issue. So that might take a little bit longer um, for the family to achieve. If you are having difficulties, though, I do offer either 30-minute or one-hour consultation options, and we can just work through it as we go. You tell me what the issues are, I problem-solve them, and I give you the tools, yeah, to fix it. Nice. And so I know you were saying um, when we started that um, you guys were starting to receive, like, funding there um, in Australia. So... Does that mean that the funding will help parents be able to take your courses or is it still that they have to pay out of pocket or does the funding help pay like a portion of, um, you know, taking your courses? How does that process work as far as yeah, you well, know, um, for it? Yeah. So in Australia, um, families can use their NDIS funding, which is the National Disability Insurance Scheme funding. Um, if toilet training is a goal for them. So we have to set goals for the funding and what they want the funding to achieve for every child. Um, and if toilet training is a goal or you have a self-managed fund, which basically means you're given a fund and you can choose what um, services you'd like to access, I can do an invoice up for families. And that's how um, or everyone that's bought my course so far has paid through their funds. Um, and if you're in another country and you also have funds, I can send you an invoice or speak to the funding body and make sure that you are able to access it. Because like I said, I really want families to have access to this information in a fast and easy way. It really shouldn't be something that you have to wait six months to do because your child could have been toilet trained in six months. Mm -hmm. So I'll really try and make it work for anyone anywhere. I'm not sure what your funding looks like for families yeah. in America. So um, like here in America, we, well, I'm going to say in Florida because, you know, it could be different in other states, but um, here in Florida, they have, um, I mean, they have like a waiver program where funds can be used for life skill needs. And then they also, for kids that are like in the school system, they have um, like scholarships that the students get a set amount of funding and the funding can be used to go to different therapies or, you know, buy different things that the families may need for the child. So I wonder if that would be something that, um, you know, they would be able to use their scholarship to pay for this course because, you know, it is a life skill. It is you know, a part of their, you know, daily learning, learning fundamental skills also. And, um, you know, if you would be able to accept that, that would be something to um, look into uh, for us here in Florida. So yeah, exactly. If it, yeah, that. like you said, it's a, yeah. it's a fundamental life skill. I don't see why yeah. it wouldn't be. Um, yeah. So that's something I'm definitely happy to look further into. Yeah, I definitely, I, um, cause we have like a scholarship list and it will tell us like things that are approved, um, mm -hmm you know, our vendors that are approved to be able to use, be used. So I definitely will look into that for the parents out there that are interested in um, taking Megan's course. And then also um, 
can you let everyone know, you know, where they can find your information on how to register your social media, you know, how they can get in contact with you? Yes, of course. So I have Instagram and Facebook. I also have a website, which is www.toilettrainingspecialist.com.au. Through my website, it, you'll see that there's booking links. You can purchase the course straight away through my website as well. I The course is on the Teachable platform. So it'll link you to the Teachable page and then you can purchase it from there. You've got different payment plan options. If you don't want to purchase it directly and you need an invoice first, just message me. Literally, that's um, quite simple. <laughs> so you can message me on Facebook and Instagram and I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. You can also book through my Facebook page. So if you want to book an online consultation, there's the 30 minute option or the one hour option in the book now button on my Facebook page, which is just toilet training specialist. Cool. And so for us, you know, here in the U.S., you have to remember that uh, whatever time zone that you're in, you know, make sure that you correlate that with the time zone there in Australia. Um, so, you know, if you message her and she doesn't respond, then she's probably sleeping yes. or maybe, you know, working. So, um, you know, just give it some time. Uh you know, for her to respond and just make sure that you correlate the time zones when you're reaching out to Megan, the toilet training specialist. And um, I don't think that, because I asked some parents, you know, like what were some questions that they had? And I think that we really covered everything. I mean, this was some very good information. It was very useful and it, it just, it makes so much sense. And like, really the light bulb goes off in my head, like, now that you said all of these things um, with the toilet training. So I hope, you know, for the parents that, you know, that light bulb has went off and you're like, whoa. And, you know, it has given you some insights some ideas on maybe how to assist you in your potty training process if you're going through that now. And knowing that you have this great resource here to be able to assist you along the way and you don't have to be alone going through this and, you know, being stressed out or anything like that, because there is a way uh, to be able to help yourself and your child be able to conquer toilet training. So, um, Megan, thank you so much for coming on this episode today. Uh, Two Moms and Some Labels. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. And make sure that you reach out to Megan, Toilet Training Specialist, on Instagram and Facebook for your toilet training needs. I hope this episode was very informative for you. And thank you once again for tuning in. We will catch you next time on our next episode of Two Moms and Some Labels. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>